Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody? Glad to see you on this Thursday morning. It's Thursday morning. Still on Commitment Watch one way or the other for Ole Miss's quarterback next year or Oklahoma's backup quarterback or BYU's. I don't know. We're still waiting to find out. They're having fun on social media, no doubt. But that is not what we're talking about today, unless something happens between now and the end of this stream, I suppose. Uh, We're talking a collapse last night in Gainesville, but I am not going to be anything other than the voice of reason. I'm telling you guys, it's not over yet, and I know you want it to be over. It's not over yet, and and leave it to me of all people, me, to be the eternal optimist for Mississippi State basketball, but I am accepting that role. It, it is, I am willing to to take this on and fight an uphill battle with all of you guys. I think that it's still not over yet, that you should still be all in on your basketball team despite precedent suggesting otherwise. I'm going to be the voice of reason. Me, of all people, I'm going to be the voice of reason. We're talking about that. Lane Kiffin lost another staff member last night. I've got a question for you about that. Also, this is by far the most understandable one of them all when you consider where he went. Also, there's some reporting that Auburn's about to lose their second coordinator of the offseason this time to not a lateral move, but like a, a downgrade. A pretty obvious one. What the hell's going on here? And then Stetson Bennett returning to Georgia and the meltstorm that ensued. If we've got time, we'll talk about all those this morning right here on the live stream. My name is Michael Borky. I'm really glad to see you guys. Kind of a crummy day outside. Hopefully uh, it goes better for you than the way it looks, but I'm glad you're with me nonetheless. Really cold today as well, so stay inside, stay warm, grab some coffee, and uh, let's talk sports. Don't forget, while you're here, to subscribe if you haven't already to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and also, speaking of subscriptions, wherever you get your podcast, my name or Mike in the morning should turn up results. I think we're going to do the shift on Sunday. I think I told you that before this week, but I'm Pretty much decided Sunday night is when the uh, the night version is going to start. So uh, join me then, and we'll do uh, a couple a week at night, and then I'll be uploading shorts for you on the channel until football season begins again next year. So thank you for the feedback. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to start that on Sunday. So I appreciate you guys, and uh, let's get started. I'm not going to listening live at Beagle Bagel. Are you serious? Dude, I have, there's a, uh, like, we go there occasionally. Like, I'll go pick something up from there occasionally. Always for breakfast. But I'll get get one of their toasted, like, lunch sandwiches at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's great. I've also had king cake for breakfast three days in a row. So uh, don't follow my dietary habits whatsoever. Um, I'm going to be the voice of reason for you guys. 
I don't know why I have decided to assume this role, and I know that precedent suggests that I'm doing something really stupid here because precedent says that Ben Howland's Mississippi State basketball is going to do this. They're going to win games, and they're going to be close, and then they're going to disappoint you, and they're going to blow opportunities, and that's what we've already kind of seen this year. But I'm still not giving up, and you shouldn't either. Here's why. Because... Losing road games in the SEC to teams with nets as good as Florida's is not going to kill your chances at the NCAA tournament, and you still have three and a half weeks until baseball season. So you guys might as well stay interested, at least until baseball starts. And last night, yes, was an epic collapse. It was a frustrating second half to watch. They went six minutes without scoring a basket down the stretch in the second half, and Florida ran away with it late. That was a game they had won. That was a team that I think they're better than and just collapsed down the stretch. Offensively, what frustrates me, two things that frustrate me about Mississippi State, and they manifested yesterday, although I do like the fact that they didn't force bad three-point shots as much as they usually do. They only took 13 of them to Florida's 24. The problem is Florida made 10 of those 24. Um, Six more made threes for Florida, partially the difference in the game. But what frustrates me about Mississippi State and their offense is um, it it seems like there's very little shot creation through sets in the offense. And I'm sure Ben Howland could sit down with film with me and break down everything they do and make me look like an idiot for just saying that. But uh, when I watch State, especially in that scoring drought, to me there's very little shot creation. There's very little manufacturing of a basket, especially when you've got a guy as good as Iverson Molinar. And I think this is criminal. When he's only getting up 11 shots a game, that's a problem. He is your best player. He's an elite-level player. He needs to take more than 11 shots in a basketball game. Uh, From two, so he was 0 of 1 from three, took one three-point shot and missed it. And only took one free throw and happened to miss that one, and it was an and one or a a one-and-one opportunity. Iverson Molinar needs to be, in, in those long scoring droughts, the offense needs to go through him and sets need to be designed need to be designed to get him going towards the basket with the ball in his hand. I, I don't know if you, whether it be pick and rolls or whatever the case may be, that's what frustrates me about this team and this offense is they they don't do much shot creation. When they do take three-point shots, again, they made a, a couple open ones last night in the first half early in the game. Uh, Moore made a couple of really nice shots. I think it was back-to-back in the first half. And then they only made two after that. Uh, shot creation isn't there. Molinar needs more than 11 shots. So they need to create more better looks from the outside if they're going to shoot three-point shots. But when they're going through scoring droughts, the ball needs to get to Iverson Molinar's hands, and you need to find a way to get him going downhill towards the basket. If he misses shots, he's getting fouled or putting the uh, putting the ball in the hands of the ref, if you will, because 11 shots in one free throw attempt for Iverson Molinar on the road in the SEC is unacceptable to me. In 35 minutes, he took one free throw. You know, a player can also be blamed for that because he needs to command the ball more and whatnot. But man, that was frustrating last night. It is a, uh, 
it's a frustrating loss because it's a, a game that they should have won. Florida's probably their best player was out, and you had a lead and you you collapsed down the stretch offensively down the stretch. What was it? Final basically the final seven minutes of the game. You had one make one field goal make in the final six and a half minutes of the game. It's unacceptable. However, despite the frustration and I'm frustrated with them, me, I'm frustrated with them. Uh, Despite the fact that I think they do not do a good enough job of creating good looks, especially during scoring droughts, despite the fact that I think they do not do a good enough job of getting the ball in Molinar's hands and they do not get him going towards the basket near enough, despite all of this, they are still a team that I think is worth watching for you because they are right now, still today, even after that loss, setting themselves up to control their own destiny to make the tournament. They don't need help right now. All they need to do is help themselves. Last night was frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But you've got a couple opportunities next week, games that that also you do not have to win. Uh, You're going to Kentucky for a free, just an absolute free shot, just a free shot in Lexington. And you have a, a chance to get a really nice road win at Texas Tech next Saturday. So next week is a huge opportunity for you to climb. You're not even in a hole, but to climb back in to safely in the tournament with a win in one of those two games. Just find a way to get one. They're both kind of free shots. Get one, and you're smooth sailing. The thing is, though, something has to happen between then and now, and that is a Saturday game against Ole Miss. That is an absolute must. You have. I don't care what Richard said on the radio show yesterday. He's wrong. Mississippi State, Ben Hallen, basket, Ben Hallen, Mississippi State basketball. That program, they have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday. They have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday for NCAA tournament purposes because having two losses to Ole Miss will really hurt that resume. Ole Miss's net is going to not really help you at all in fact it might even get worse depending on how much more losing that they do for the program you need to win this game despite the loss last night I feel like it's going to be a pretty decent crowd on Saturday so fans are you know gonna go check it out you know it's what time is the game on Saturday it's a three I mean there is there's no excuses it's three o'clock on Saturday there's going to be a pretty good crowd Fans are wanting to get back in, but they don't know. You have got to beat Ole Miss. This is a must win. I don't care what anybody else says. You have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday. Have to, have to, have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday. It's a must win for Ben Howland. I think losing this game paired with what would probably follow uh, could spell the end of his tenure at Mississippi State. I'm not saying it'll happen like on Sunday morning, but if he loses to Ole Miss and then misses the tournament again, you're probably seeing the end uh, of Ben Halland. You have to beat Ole Miss if you're the head coach at Mississippi State with some kind of regularity, and you have to play in more than one NCAA tournament game in almost a decade. So this is a this is a huge game for Ben Halland. It's a huge game for the program. This is a must win for Mississippi State for their tournament resume. This is a must win for Ben Halland for his job security. It's a big important game on Saturday. Next week is two free shots, man. Just if you get one, that's awesome. If you don't, you're fine. You have to win on Saturday. There is no other, there's no defending it. Me being the voice of reason for Mississippi State fans will end on Saturday about six o'clock 
if Mississippi State loses to Ole Miss. It will end. Uh, and I will turn the focus to baseball, and that's what we'll do. We'll do spring practice. We'll do college football. We'll do baseball because uh, Ole Miss is providing nothing uh, interesting at all in basketball to talk about, nothing at all. And I'm not going to do the hot seat thing every day. Um, I'm not going to do the hot seat every day. So Ole Miss has given us nothing in basketball worth talking about aside from, well, the program's going in a, in a bad direction. And if State loses to Ole Miss on Saturday, then we're done with them too. I promise. I will no longer try to convince you guys to care about your team if they lose on Saturday. Since this crystal ball is Howland and Kermit coaching in Mississippi next season. Uh, I expect Kermit Davis back regardless. I expect him back regardless. I mean, I guess they could roll like, you know, 10 losses in a row out or whatever. I mean, there's a scenario in which he doesn't return. They've got to completely and totally and utterly fall apart. Completely fall apart. Uh, for that to happen. Um, I don't think that will happen. I expect them to not be very good down the stretch. I expect them to continue to lose games, but not at that kind of a volume where where he won't return next year. I expect him to. I could be wrong. Keith Carter has proven that he won't accept mediocrity. And before you even bring up baseball, your baseball program is not mediocre. I'm sorry. It's not. You know me. We talked about it a lot last year, but it's a little bit different. Anyway, um, if if you told me to bet on which one will not return next year, it would be Howland. If I had to bet, that's if you gave me a hundred dollars and say pick pick a coach that is not returning next year, I would I would I would bet on Ben Howland. I would. He can change that though. Beat Ole Miss and make the tournament, and and you're good. You know, he's sticking around, but if not, like I said yesterday, talking about Ole Miss, apathy is dangerous. I know we love baseball around here, and and I know I know we love it, and State just won the national championship, and all that's good, but basketball makes money. Baseball can can get, you know, they can they can make a little bit, they can a little bit. And the fans love it, and it creates great weekends in town. And and baseball in this state is really good for the towns. But it doesn't make the school any money. Not really. Basketball makes the school as money. And you can't ignore empty seats. And you can't ignore apathy. And you've already got that in Starkville. You're getting that in Oxford now. Yeah, Tucker, and... I think you know me. I agree with you. I think the investment that Ole Miss puts into baseball, despite being a good pro- – I mean, it's a good program. Everybody knows this. It's a good program. They're going to win a lot of games this year. They're preseason top five for a reason. That that lineup is going to be nasty in the best way. Like, it's going to be a very good baseball team. Mike Bianco puts good a good product on the field on an annual basis. That that is undeniable, but but you are right. the The postseason success or lack thereof is a serious issue that that I will uh, that I talked about a lot and made a particular coworker not comfortable often because I think that Ole Miss is not getting a return on their investment in baseball. 
relative to postseason success. The scholarship excuse, I don't think, is one when Mississippi State is going to Omaha regularly and winning a championship. So, anyway, you guys know me, or you should. Um, but I won't do that. Com- I won't do the Omaha thing until they don't get there if they don't. You know what I mean? Should be a good team. I'm going to give them their due diligence and all that all season until we know a final result one way or uh, or the other. But... I mean, you've got people around here that say, oh, just scrap basketball. We're a baseball state anyway. Well, basketball makes money, and until it doesn't, you need to prioritize it. The schools will continue to prioritize it because it actually makes them money. Um, baseball, Randall, very little. Um, breaking even is a good year. And they make more than that sometimes, but sometimes they don't. I mean, it's it's a break-even sport, and, and any little bit more you make is a good year. Baseball is better for the towns than it is the school, if that makes sense. Because 10,000 people being in Starkville for three days, you know, going to three different games is great for the town. Same thing in Oxford. You know, 8,500, 9,000, 10,000 people in Oxford for three days is great for the town. But it it doesn't benefit the school as much as the basketball program does. Because that's what makes money. And it's all television-based, of course. But that's what that's what makes money. So when you have people off, just who cares about basketball? Forget it. Don't fire Howland. Why, why would you want to pay a buyout? Because who cares about basketball? Well, money. Money makes the world go around. Dick Jones says, Ben Howland seems to have a problem getting his players to play with a sense of urgency. That is the third game Mississippi State has blown in the last seven minutes of the ball game. Sense of urgency. The the end of the Ole Miss game I thought was interesting. They didn't really seem to to try to hurry back into the game. You know, time is precious, and they didn't seem to handle it like that. Last night, to me, I don't think it was as much a sense of urgency as it was the inability to create good looks when you're in scoring droughts. You watch. I watch a lot of NBA. I know you guys don't like the NBA. I, I, I watch a lot of it. When teams are going through scoring droughts or their opponent, let's say, makes back-to-back threes, you know, you, you, you've given up a little bit of a run. What they do is they will create a set. They'll, they'll run a pick and roll. They'll, they'll ISO, whatever it is. Their best player will get the ball, and he'll go downhill to the basket. He'll get fouled, or, or he'll have a created look that stops the bleeding. Good coaches find a way to get their best player, especially when things aren't going right, the ball and getting him a clean look, whether it be him going downhill at the basket, a created open look, whether it be a midi, depending on who the player is, or or a three-point shot. Brandon Ingram is my favorite player. And while the team doesn't have a primary ball handler. In fact, New Orleans needs a point guard badly, and they need to trade for one soon. Brandon Ingram, sometimes if if the team gives up a, a few baskets in a row, or they turn it over, or whatever, they'll, they'll have a little screen at the top of the key, and he'll get to his spot in the mid-range and just make a little mid-range and just calm everything down. That's what Brandon Ingram does. It's We've given up a few baskets in a row. Give me the ball. Give me a little pick. I'm going to get to my spot and make a midi, and that's what and it's not a great team, but that's what 
good coaches and good players are able to do. That's something that I thought was lacking last night is, okay, Florida scored a handful of baskets in a row. You're in an offensive drought. Give me a set for Iverson Molinar. Get him going downhill to the basket. Get him an open look. That's what I thought was lacking last night is, is they're, they're failing to create for their best player. Uh, and manufacture an open look for your best player, something that I think they failed on uh, badly last night. Fred says Ben Halland has a, a good tenure at Mississippi State, bringing back the program from the Rick Ray debacle. All, although Halland's tenure is identical to Anthony Grant at Alabama, it's time for a change. Look, if he loses to Ole Miss Saturday and misses the tournament, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, if he misses the tournament at all, it, it's you'd have a hard time getting me to disagree with you. I would like to see it play out, though, because they still have things in their favor. I'm not ready to give up on him yet and, and give up on this team yet. I'm not ready yet. But I under I, I understand your line of thinking, no doubt, and I agree with you. I mean, if if the end result is the same, then it, it's time. It's time. One tournament game in almost a decade is not good enough. Not good enough at all. Tyler says, do you know any news on Dart? What's going on with that? No, I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm sure not going to do the social media thing like I've seen other people do. He visited BYU yesterday, which I... It's fascinating because BYU, like Oklahoma, has a quarterback there already that you kind of assumed was going to be the starter. And will he go to a place with an incumbent starter to try to beat them out? I guess that's possible. I mean, that's what he would have to do at Oklahoma, although Dylan Gabriel's not the incumbent starter, but that's Jeff Levy's guy. And apparently that is uh, that is somebody – or that, that is a point of contention with Dart in Oklahoma is, well, you brought in Dylan Gabriel for a reason. He's your guy. Am I going to have to come here and sit? And then apparently people that cover Oklahoma have said, well, the pitch to Dart is, well, Dylan Gabriel's only going to be there for one year. Okay. Okay. If you're trying to convince me that Dylan Gabriel with three years of eligibility left is going to go to Oklahoma and become a first-round pick at quarterback and be one and done and go to the NFL, I'm sorry I don't I don't buy it. I don't believe you. Um, I, I think he's a fine player. I don't think that's a first-round pick in the NFL with one year in Jeff Lebby's system. I don't see that at all. So if that's what you're trying to sell him, that should be easy to recruit against. Um, the thing is, he's from Utah. He is Mormon, so that BYU visit is something that I would – it would raise my eyebrow a little bit, but it it was not a weekend where, they, where he spent multiple days there, although, again, he's like 30 minutes from Provo, so – do you have to spend a couple days there to really grasp what's going on? I don't know. Um, I Long-winded way to say, honestly, man, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Um, you know, you hear things about how their visit went in Oxford and it went so good that they were all, I mean, they were looking at apartments and a place to live and um, that the deal has been done and that uh, this is just trolling and stuff. And I'm just at this point, I don't know how much of that I believe. If you knew where you were going and your destination was decided and you've got to get in town because work team workouts have begun and classes have begun, 
then why are you going to visit BYU and why are you delaying the decision? I'm not as convinced that it's that it's a done deal as some people are. And I could be wrong, but like again, team workout started this week. If you're going to win the job, don't you need to be at everything? You need to win the team over. Let's think about quarterback competitions. You got I, I have heard from so many players that say the team decides who the quarterback is. Now, they don't like have a meeting with coach and pick them, but the team responds to a particular quarterback more than the other, and that's how the coaches know who's who the guy is, that the team knows. Well, don't you need the team to know who you are and see you at workouts and running seven-on-seven seven that you organized yourself at the facility, uh, you know, away from team work, that kind of stuff. Like, don't you need to be there? So if the decision was done, if it was a done deal, wouldn't he be there and not taking a visit to another place if the deal was done? So I don't know. I, I don't know. I I have no inside other than I know people have felt really, really good uh, about it. But I mean, he's still visiting. I mean, so he went to BYU yesterday. If he knew where he was going and it wasn't BYU, why was he at BYU yesterday? and not where he was going, getting ready, you know, being the quarterback, winning the team over, being at workouts, going to class, because class has started, and you you need to go to class. I know there's, they can enroll, you know, they've got like seven more days before the, the enrollment's cut off, but if you were going to be the quarterback, I would think you would want to be there if you knew that's where you were going. But I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could be wrong. Who would I go after if Howland does not make the tournament? Um, would I throw some money at Kermit? Absolutely not. I would not. <laughs> uh, you say Andy Kennedy or Rick Patino? Ooh, see, Fred, I am. Um, you know, th- there are there are people in the radio audience that don't like this about me. They've they've let me know this. Uh, I'm a little bit cynical when it comes to college sports. I think this this idea that, oh, we should hire people with good integrity and that will will turn kids into young men and all that, that that's very noble and that, that's great. And, and I would love for every I, I truly would love for every college coach to be a wonderful man or woman. I, I would love for that to be the case. That's not reality, though. And the goal for me, if I'm John Cohen, is to win. That's the goal, right? Rick Ray, wonderful man, right? Kids loved him, role model, great guy in the community, all that, but he didn't win enough. He didn't win enough. What would you prefer? Because, yes, it would be in a perfect world, you'd get a great guy that is squeaky clean, that is awesome, and the players love him, and that's all great, who also is a big-time winner. But you and me both know how, how college basketball works. It's a dirty game. It's a really dirty game. Even after the FBI exposed it, it's still a dirty game. I'd rather a winner. If it means that I've got to deal with a guy that's got a shady past, then I deal with a guy that's got a shady past. Rick Pitino's older. I mean, he's old now. I explore that. Because, yeah, he's a bad guy. Really bad guy. And it's not just NCAA related. Like, this scandal, he's, he's not a good dude. But if you hire Rick Pitino, what's going to happen? You're going to win. 
And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters, despite what some blue check marks on Twitter will try to convince you. I kicked the tires on Sean Miller. I found out exactly, you know, what's going on with him. Because you know what will happen if you have him on your campus, especially now in the NIL era where the NCAA's hands are tied often, where they can't really do much to you anymore. That's who I'd call. I would kick the tires on those two guys. And there's also a lot of really good options at mid-major schools that are good coaches that are winning at a high level at places where they're, it's more difficult to win that seem to be more realistic candidates. But if you're telling me that you could quote-unquote clear Sean Miller, yeah, that's, that's who I'm looking at. Is he dirty, sketchy, whatever? Yeah, he is. But do you want to win or not? Who would you rather have coaching your football team? Joe Moorhead, great guy. People love him. Or Urban Meyer, piece of work. Not a good guy. Winner. You know, maybe that answer's not... You know, maybe John Cohen has a different answer than me. But I know that college sports is filled with bad guys that pretend to be good guys. Why hide it? The goal is to win. That's all anybody cares about. People really love Bruce Pearl, so this is a bad comparison. People love Bruce Pearl. But Bruce Pearl has now received a show cause from the NCAA, and one of his assistants got arrested by the FBI. Who cares? Does anybody care? Nobody cares. They're fun, and they're winning. Go find a Bruce Pearl. You'll win. You will win, and winning is fun. Auburn fans are having a lot of fun with basketball right now. Does it question your integrity? Yeah, sure. Does anybody have any in major college athletics anyway? No. No, they don't. Tucker saying, did you see Kuyper's latest mock draft? If not, you'd LOL especially. Has Willis as the first quarterback because he's, quote, the most talented corral to Pittsburgh. Man, oh, man. Um... I will say this about Malik Willis. He, he will test well. He'll test well. And he'll interview well. I mean, he, he's he's put together like that, really. He'll interview well and he'll test well. What would concern me if I were an NFL team and why I wouldn't take him in the first round at all is look at what he did against the better teams that he played against. I'm not even just talking about the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss had better players than the players around him. Right, I mean, it's Liberty after all. He's a good player, great player. But the talent around him, when playing the Ole Miss defense, those two things don't add up. It's harder to be a quarterback lacking talent playing against a defense that has superior athletes basically at every spot. So discounting the Ole Miss game, take that away. And look at how he performed against Louisiana, the best team that he played all year at the group of five level, at his level, and look at what happened. Um he had three interceptions and a loss to Louisiana Monroe. Had three interceptions to Middle Tennessee against Ole Miss. Same thing. Um, and what concerned me, too, is despite him lacking the talent around him to really be competitive against Ole Miss, he made mistakes that were not talent-based. It looked like the game was too fast for him when he played Ole Miss. And that can that would concern me if I were an NFL team. That would. 
Um, but he's going to test well. He will, and and he will interview well because he's a, he's a smart, really bright, you, you know, good good young guy. He is not battle tested to me the way I would want my quarterback to be. Um, take Patrick Mahomes for example. Patrick Mahomes didn't win a lot of games in college, but look at what he did against the best teams he played. Look at what he did against the best teams he played. His team didn't win because his defense gave up a billion points in yards. But look at look at his numbers with reduced talent around him against the best teams that he played in college. His record wasn't very good, but his numbers and the way he performed was excellent. I think there's there's something to be concerned about. I, I don't I wouldn't draft him in the first round, uh, but for Matt Corral going to Pittsburgh would be a huge win for him. Randall says, sorry, winning at all costs. No, thank you. That's, um, you know, that, that's how, how some people feel. But if you want to win in college sports, you got to win at all costs. If you want to really win, uh, especially at a place like Mississippi State or Ole Miss, for that matter, it applies to both where you in some cases, are behind the eight ball. This is a small state population-wise. Not a whole lot of money here either, comparatively speaking. You've got to do some unconventional things. You've got to take a risk on Lane Kiffin. That's that's what you have to take a risk on a Lane Kiffin, on a Mike Leach, unconventional guys with unique pasts. I mean, Mike Leach's past isn't squeaky clean. You know, the, the depart from Texas Tech is not not a pretty one. I mean, we know what happened with Lane Kiffin leaving Tennessee and kicking a 74-yard field goal in Oakland. I mean, he's kind of, he is who he is. You've got to take risks like that if you're going to win around here. That's kind of what you have to do. But anyway, uh, with the NFL draft and and Matt Corral and, and where he goes. So Charles Cross was basically number six across the board. I think one had him going number four to the Jets, but the other two that I saw yesterday had him going number six to Carolina. Good spot for him. The difference between – and this is a bit of a spin zone. For an offensive tackle, you can go anywhere and, and do well and make a bunch of money and live a great life. Look at Laramie Tunsil and where he is. He's had a dumpster fire, but he's making a killing. All is good. For a quarterback, if you're not going to be like the number one overall pick to get that kind of money, don't you kind of want to fall to Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Seattle, you know, place like that, a high level franchise that just happens to be looking for a quarterback right now? Yeah, it sucks in the short term because Corral would be better served going nine to Washington than 18 to New Orleans because that's a drop in money. That's a lot of money in those picks. And those nine picks, that's a lot of money. But for the long-term investment in your career, if you're Matt Corral, where would you rather go? Would you rather go to Houston? Would you rather go to Atlanta, who I guess is not drafting a quarterback? Or New Orleans? Or Pittsburgh? So in the short term, you may lose a little money, but for his long-term benefit for his career, uh, please, God, if I'm Matt Corral, please send me to Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, please draft me. Sean Payton, please draft me. Please don't make me go play in Washington. Please. 
So you lose a little money in the short term, but the long-term investment is probably better for your career to drop a little bit. For Charles Cross, it doesn't matter. He's going to play left tackle, and he's going to make a bunch of money, and he's going to start in the NFL for a long time, and he'll be good. Quarterback's a different story. But I wouldn't be anxious. It, I understand why why Ole Miss fans are anxious uh, about the Jackson Dart situation. I, I do. Um, I don't know where they'd go from here. But luckily, it's not like they don't have anybody – now, they need to add quarterbacks just for, for numbers in the quarterback room. I mean, there's not enough people in that room. They, um, Sorry. Uh, there's not enough people in that room. They need to add bodies, whether it's guys that have been backups that are in the portal just because they need to add quarterbacks. But it's not like if they don't add Jackson Dark, they have nobody that you think can do well in the SEC, right? Uh, I think... Uh, Altmeyer will do fine. I think he'll he'll end up being a pretty good SEC quarterback if given the opportunity. So if you don't get Dart, it's not like you are completely screwed, but I don't know where they'd turn from here. Uh, they need to add numbers in that room. At this point, Fred, I don't think the NCAA is going to get Will Wade. I could be wrong. I just I don't think so at this point. I mean, maybe they will. I, I don't know. Just at this point. At this point, I don't know. I just I, I I don't see that happening. And and Dick, you're right. Yeah, the coach of Furman, that'd be a good one. I mean, so that's that's less risky in terms of like sketchy background, but that's a hell of a coach that's doing a good job at a place that's not really easy to win. So that would be a good option. Uh, well, recruiting in baseball, Randall, is quite different than that of, of basketball and football. You don't have to play a dirty game in baseball uh, to win because kids are committing when they're twelve. Uh, shoe companies aren't funneling kids to baseball programs. You know, boosters aren't paying kids 250K to leave their home state to go play a couple states over. That's not happening in baseball. You know, it's a different game. It's because it doesn't make any money. College baseball does not have any national appeal whatsoever. The Women's College World Series is watched by more people than, than baseball. It's not. It doesn't have to be a dirty game because there, there's not the monetary investments involved like there is football and basketball. That's why. I cover both. I cover both. I cover both. But anyway. Whew. All right. I got to run. Sorry. I, I'm cutting this off short. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about here. But uh, by the way, Derek Mason's a candidate at Oklahoma State. I love Derek Mason. Big fan of his. Think he's great. Uh, if Auburn loses him to Oklahoma State, that's not a lateral move. That is a downward move. What the hell's going on in the Plains? Maybe we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Sorry, I, I, I have just run long today. I have got to go. Um, we're having a good conversation, though. I appreciate you guys. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Thank you for, for being a part. I appreciate all of you. Uh, maybe we'll get some news about Dart and Trigg today. Maybe we won't. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. But in the meantime, I've got to run. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.